Do you have a favorite camp memory? In terms of like fun stuff or like defining? Either. Like defining moments. How, how about one of each? Do you have uh, a one of each? Do you have a best fun memory and a yeah. best like defining memory? Yeah. All right. What are they? Uh, fun one. I, it was, I think I only went to summer camp twice. Um, or yeah, summer camp twice. Um, and my senior year, um, I, I, I was like at that point and the seniors, it was like just me really. Yeah. And so like I would hang out with, uh, uh, either or no, this is my junior year. Yeah. This is my junior year. And I, um, uh, I would hang out with like the, I, I was in the senior guys group just cause there wasn't anybody else to justify having another group for. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so at summer camp, it was just me. Um, and so I actually ended up bunking with like, uh, at the time Josh Vogel and then, uh, Mossy rock had a few, um, dudes that had come and there's only a couple of them. And so we all bunked in one, um, uh, thing, uh, one bunk, what do you call those Cabin. cabins? Thank you. Uh, anyway, but we did the inner tubes and I hung out with them all throughout camp and they're really fun guys. And I like, I like to be thrown on an inner tube Yeah, yeah. and they had like the set of two inner tubes. And like, I remember I like was thrown so hard one time. The guy, like both me and one of the other dudes, we like skipped like two or three times nice. and it was like, that was a good one. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Well, do you have a defining memory? Sure. Also? Yeah. Uh, winter camp. First time going to winter camp. Um, at Island Lake, um, it was one where me and David Adams, uh, David Adams pushed me a lot in, um, he challenged, I had never prayed for anybody before, Mm. um, like directly, like, you know, laid hands on that type of thing. Uh, and he challenged me to, um, pray for 10 people that God was leading me to pray for and i'd never done that before and he pushed me to do it and i did it that's awesome and it changed a lot so yeah that's very cool simple but and it it was also like relatively early on in our friendship too so it was pretty defining in terms of that too nice so, yeah that's a very cool moment mm-hmm. how are you uh i well, I mean, I didn't grow up going to camps. Oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Yeah. My youth group, I didn't grow yeah. up going to camps. Uh, I Well, there was one summer camp that my youth group did where we just like stayed at the church, which was cool. Um, but at that one, I remember um, Ben Dixon, who at the time was at Mill Creek Foursquare and now is down at, oh, man. Northwest church, I think is the name of it, but also a four square church. And, uh, he had come up though and he was preaching for the weekend. And, uh, basically during like his message had a moment that he like paused and like pointed to me and like shared a word. Um, and that was really impactful at the time I was in fifth grade and they let me come to the camp because I was like one of the only fifth graders. So I got to hang out with all the older kids for a couple of days and that was fun. But also that moment of like, just like kind of like calling and being prayed for was really cool. And I've had a couple other moments like that at, um, 
some conferences of people like praying over me because I grew up that I really grew up going to a lot of conferences. Like I remember going mm. to uh, generate. Well, not a lot. I went to some, and then I I went as like an older teenager, like 16, 17, 18, I went to a lot with, uh, my dad that were more like adult conferences that he would bring me to. Mm. But, uh, I went to generation conference, which is what, um, then city church would put on. And it was when Judah Smith was still running the conference and stuff. And there was a service that Benny Prez spoke at for that one that I just thought was really impactful. And Judah had a message. He also did talking on, um, Jesus and the storm and the disciples that was really impactful. But yeah, no, I enjoy, I enjoy camps and conferences. Now, this is the funny thing. Again, I am somebody who never got to enjoy camps to the fullest nature of what they can be. And now I get to plan them for people. It's just a fun time. Well, Hey, different it's always, perspective. it's always an interesting thing. But, uh, on that note, we want to say, Hello, everybody, and welcome to Conviction, where we feel a conviction to discuss questions and topics surrounding church, culture, ministry, and just general life as a Jesus follower. My name is Caleb. And my name is Parker. And today, if you guys could not tell, we're going to be kicking off the conversation by asking, how do we make camps and conferences lasting moments? How do we make these things something that aren't just a moment, aren't just an instance and all of those things, and they actually last for us in our lives in that whole deal um parker and you can maybe speak a little bit to this or if you want me to run with it i definitely can but like i think people oftentimes will end up saying you know camp the summer camp high right that kind of a thing uh do you have any thoughts on why that is like why is that something that happens why is it hard for camp moments or conference moments to be long lasting um i think Honestly, it's still something I'm still trying to figure out why it is a thing. And like what one, I I think there's a few reasons for, I think the biggest one, at least that I can think of is the expectancy, Mm. the level of expectancy that's placed, um, on each night, uh, by the students, um and by leaders and and pastors and stuff like like you just can't deny that like god moves there yeah and that's just a fact and like and so i think um people i think i and i don't know this but i think a part of why god moves is because we expect him to move Mm -hmm. and we're we we are praying with confidence because we have that expectancy um for him to move. And I think God responds to that. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why there is a sense of a summer camp high in terms of spiritual sense. Um, and then people come back out of camp and they're back in the real world where they actually have the other part is that it, it, it's, uh, it's kind of an isolated bubble in a way. Like it's like, like, if we were to, as Christians, if we didn't have to work and we didn't have to like deal with life stuff and we were just a community that studied the Bible mm-hmm. and did stuff, we'd probably structure it in sort of like in somewhat of a summer camp thing. Yeah. You know, we, you know, we'd wake up when we want to, we'd all have breakfast together. We'd do games or do whatever we want in the middle of the day. And then we'd come together at the end and worship God and have those moments. But like, you you just don't have that much time in regular life. And 
life happens and and summer camp and camps in general are somewhat of a bubble yeah because stuff at least for the most part stuff isn't happening that like would perturb that in a way um so i think part of i think the biggest reason why is that expectancy though i think because then people come back or before they're like um you know they just they just don't for some reason they don't you know expect stuff to happen on a normal wednesday yeah. or sunday um and thus there is the sensation of a high totally yeah i think that expectancy is one of the biggest things like if i if i as a pastor could help somebody like grab a hold of one thing it honestly would be that idea of like just always expect something uh-huh like always expect that God could do something in this moment, right? And I think that if we walk into services and moments and things like that with that expectancy, he then will do something. And I don't yeah. necessarily think that's a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? It's not necessarily that we just say like, because I thought something could happen, it happened, right? Or anything like that. But it's more so like, God, do we actually believe you could do something? I do believe you could do something great, God now partners with that belief, right? In some ways, and that kind of a deal. And like when you're at a camp or things like that, there's that reality that people are just like, oh, I'm here for one reason, right? That kind of a thing. Um, and maybe in some ways, the peer pressure ends up pushing you into a certain direction that you finally are just like, I guess just stuff happens here, right? And that kind of a deal. And so I end up thinking about, and I like that you were talking about it, like what would like kind of if, as, as Christian community, we could have it look the way we'd want fully probably looks like a summer camp, you know, that kind of a thing. Like, Hey, let's all get together. Now, if we talk too much of it like that, people will just say, it just sounds like a lot of, nah, I shouldn't make that joke. Sounds like a lot of cults that ended up building yeah, places out in the woods. It does. Um, but that's not necessarily, okay. That structural idea is not a bad thing. Uh, no. The manipulation of it at times definitely has been. Um, but I think that's where, like, dude, I... The cult, the culture, um, how do you say that? The the intentional structuring of that culture. Yeah. Of that, like, we are here to spend time with God and with each other, basically. Yeah. That's how I would probably sum up the meaning of a some of a camp yeah i would think um yeah but i like you could say it's like in some ways like similar to a cult but that's because cults are intentionally like trying to emulate emulate or trying to like um form this culture which in a lot of in most cases is has a bad motive behind it yeah and bad people behind it and then it goes south Yep. So, but culture can be formed and is formed. It's just within a context that's separate than most what the world does. Totally. Totally. Yeah. And that's where I end up looking at, you know, like what makes it a long lasting moment? What makes it something, you know, people will say like, you'll end up, oh my gosh, you will end up hearing some youth pastor at a camp say, I'll probably next week be saying this in our winter camp. Uh, you know, Hey, don't make this a moment you know, make it a movement or something like that. Right. Um, change one letter in the word and now everything can change. Um, but the reality just is like, that is true. It is true. It is. Hey, don't let this just be a moment, but,
but don't let anything ever just be a moment. Like always step into things with expectation and realize there'll be those places that you can experience more and more of God's presence. And I will say, I think in terms of like corporate settings, you can create that expectancy a lot more if you really just step into it with expectancy. Now, obviously in your personal prayer life, your personal devotion life, you can experience God in great, great ways. Hmm. But there is something about the gathering of believers that God has shown to be valuable through scripture and through history, right? Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I end up thinking a lot about, just in honesty, like a lot of the different revival movements that happened um, in like the, I mean, you go all the way back to the early 1900s, but even thinking of ones like Brownsville or some of these different ones that took place more more recently. Um, and you end up hearing about people just gathering at these churches for like day and night on end for like months and months and months. Mm-hmm. And you end up hearing about, I believe, man, I'm, I'm butchering this. So you guys, you can Google this in Wikipedia. I believe there's even just a Wikipedia article on it, but I believe it was almost like a million people came through the Brownsville revival by the time that it was over. Um, and like, just was this constant gathering of worship of the word of people um, being on the altars, being prayed for all these things. And people could look and they could say, well, those are like one-offs, but also like that model is very much so like the Bible, like it very much so is like, Hey, they gather daily. What do they gather right. daily to do the for the breaking of the bread, for listening to the teaching of the apostles to be able to be with one another. And, you know, kind of like what you were saying earlier, like, yes, you know, life happens. That, that's the biggest thing. People go off to a camp, you know, especially think about the youth setting kids go off to a summer camp. Let's say kids go off to a winter camp and maybe even let's say winter camp. You're in the middle of the school year. It's a breath of fresh air for some kids. You know, it is that moment that it's like, I'm not at school. I'm not at home. I'm not having to deal with all these other pressures that have been around me. I just get to be at camp. And that initiates this moment of like, man, this is a great time. And then God meets them in the midst of that moment. But what do they return to? Their old circumstance. And now that they're in their old circumstance, that change that they had experienced, now they have to decide, was that change worth it even when it's not as convenient and that sort of a thing. And that's hard. Like, I don't want to ever be the youth pastor that just looks and says like, hey, pick yourself up, figure your stuff out. Like, just take this serious, everybody, and you'll see stuff happen. No, faith is hard. Like having a relationship with Jesus, yes, at times can be very challenging and making that such a high priority can be difficult, but it's looking and saying, do I believe this change matters? And do I believe it can continue to matter? Do I think that I could show up on a random Wednesday night and God could give me a word that changes the rest of my life? Like there's still for Sierra and I, there's, uh, this is kind of random. One of them was with guest speakers at an event who ended up praying something over me and Sierra that I just still hold on to. Or I'm just like, God, I'm going to wait to see what happens with that. But there also was a word that I ended up just receiving from the Lord through a moment of prayer in the back of the chapel at Northwest University on a random Monday night when we were having these uh, worship nights and they happen every week and I would always go to them. And it was one of those things where I showed up and I just was like, always just like, God, what may you want to do in this sort of a thing? And God gave me a word in that moment while a friend was praying for me that I still hold on to. And I'm like, God, if this ends up happening, that is amazing. Like this will be so cool to see how it plays out and all these things. But that was just a, a, for me at the time, a normal Monday night. And it was like, God, what would you want to do? And so I think for all of us, it's just looking and saying, when we gather, could God do something? And when you have, in my opinion, when you have that perspective, yes, there's a reality that there's times that life happens, right? And that just, that, that, that totally makes sense. Me and Sierra, we're out of town. 
visiting family. We can't be at church, things like that. But when you look at church through the lens of this is where God could change everything for me. And as I'm gathered with these people, I could have the chance to pray for somebody and maybe God's going to speak through me to help change something for them. I think that that helps create expectation that naturally will let those camp, those conference moments be extended because you're walking with this reality of God is who he says he is. Like he shows up at all times. He's present at all times. He can change everything at all times. Um, Dude, there's a part of me that one day, and this is now a little bit of a tangent, and so I apologize if this doesn't resonate with anybody, but like, there's a huge part of me that one day prays like, Lord, it'd be so awesome to be a part of a church movement that would be leading in the aspect of just like, what would it look like, you know, let's say for an extended period, let's say two months, where it almost would be just saying like, hey, everybody, this is a lot, but what if for two months we gather five nights a week? And just have a time of worship, have a time of the word. Don't feel expectation. It's just an opportunity. Don't feel expectation like you're not a part of the church if you can't show up every single night. But what if we just view it as God's going to show up every single night and we're going to see him do something? Like, I just, I I think that there's more to that than we've always maybe considered. Um, And maybe there's people who have realized it more and probably there's people who have made it weird. And so there's a lot of balancing in that. But I think those dichotomies help with making those big moments a lot more sustainable because they're built then around this idea of God is who he said he is. The God who I met in this moment is the same God now, and I need to fight to stay near to that God because that God has more he wants to do for me. Whereas if it's built around, let me get to the tentpole moments where I can finally meet with God, then we're really comfortable going from the mountaintop to the valley. Mm-hmm. Not to say that life's not going to have its highs and lows, but like we're really okay with saying my spiritual life is really good and it's okay. My my spiritual life is going to drop off. I'm not at camp anymore, but then I'll get back to that spot. Well, then you graduate, go off to college. And I honestly think that's the biggest reason why we have a faith crisis within young adults is because guess what? You go off to college. There is no more high points like that anymore built into our structure and system. So we've literally built a system for people where it's like experience the high, go to a low, experience the high, go to a low, but we haven't created a stability that's maybe, let's say like 80% of the way up that allows them to look and say, oh, this is just walking with Jesus and that sort of a thing. That was a tangent a little bit, but does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I'm sitting here thinking like, to be frank and if you disagree with me, that's fine for me in my personal life. Like the stereotype of a camp high is a very real thing. And like it in my life, it has seemed that frankly, God, like if I'm just going to look at like, obviously you can't like quantify what God has done for you. But like, if you were to like, just like count the times that it's happened. Yeah where I haven't had an encounter with God. It seems like they're all at camps Mm -hmm. and it's like, well, I know that's not how it's supposed to be. And like it, it it, like I, I feel like I shouldn't feel this way, but it like the fact is it seems like God moved. Like, I I don't know, like maybe you have a different perspective of of this as a youth pastor. Cause like this is coming from purely my, personal walk with God but like it just seems like God moves more at winter camps and like I'm sitting here going like 
why. I think part of it's that expectation thing. But then I'm also thinking like, I think that we, there's part of us, even though maybe we wouldn't admit it and maybe we're not even really aware of it. But I wonder if there's part of us that like we go to these camps, you know, twice a year, whatever it is. And I, when I say we go to these camps, it's a little different cause I'm a youth, you know, leader and stuff. Yeah. And so I've continued going, but like, um, like we go to these camps and we clock in and clock out kind of similar to how some, some people do to like Sundays yeah, or Wednesdays. And it's like it, like we wouldn't say it, but I wonder if part of it's that like, okay, I'm here and I'm clocked in expecting God to move. And he does because he's God and he's great. And he, you know, if we ask him to move our lives, generally he does that. Yep. And like, uh, and, and with boldness and expecting him to do it and with confidence. And, but, and then we leave and we clock out. And I think there's part of, the way God wants to be in our lives that is less so an encounter and more a lot more leaning towards the God acting in the minutia and throughout the small disciplines in life and like going through the, the process of sanctification throughout all the small things Yeah, that like, like what you said that this is just what walking with Jesus is. It's not like, you know, running into a Holy spirit wall like you do sometimes at, at summer camps and stuff like that or services, or whatever. And then you go into like the, the regular everyday, you know, this. And I, I wonder if there's a part of us of some people rather that like doesn't necessarily want God to follow us into those. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think there's, I think that we, some of us were like, why is it, why is there this camp high? Why is there this, this like, why is he only acting in this part when there's really a part of us that's like, I don't know if I want to give everything up. I don't know if I want to like actually have this impact all mm. my life. You know what I mean? Totally. Well, that's like, dude, like you want to see God do amazing stuff. And people might say this is super rudimentary and stuff like that. Like you want to see God work in your life in crazy ways. It's like being straight up, like pray three hours a day right? and read your Bible for an hour. Right. And when you walk outside, have a conviction that says, Holy Spirit, I'm not going to grieve you today. I'm going to do my best not to, which means I'm going to live like you've asked me to. And I'm going to step out in all the ways I can. Like, but we don't, we don't do that. We, we have, we are reasonable. Right. Like following Jesus is a very reasonable thing. It's supposed to be that he's partnering with a broken humanity. But, you know, Paul looks and says that we are to be like Christ, that we are living epistles, that we are, guess what we are? We are who people see Jesus through. Right. And so like when we end up looking at our lives and stuff like that, and I will say I'm saying some of this right now, even like kind of feeling convicted myself in ways that I need to step out. But like, do like we you want to see God do something amazing just like say God I'm actually giving everything to you and I want to be yeah. near to you right like when you look at a camp you look at different moments like that and things of that nature like I um I've had the opportunity to get to help serve in some different capacities now at a couple of camps and like 
Dude, my my goal is to bring the camp experience down to the everyday as much as we can. And there's a lot of people that don't like that because they look and they say, no, this is supposed to be like the top tier moment. And I'm like, top tier is not real. Top tier is not achievable. It's not attainable. It's not the thing that you always get. So guess what? If you think that somebody's not going to respond to what God is calling them to do because we let there be a pause in the moment that didn't let you do the shrill moment of like, and now, right now, run for, or something like that. Well, guess what? It wasn't probably God. It might've just been an emotional ploy that you did. And like, that's where, yeah, I just look at it like, you want something to be long lasting. It means you actually just say it cares. We just, we just did an episode talking about new year's resolutions again. Like, and you, you, you were laughing about it. it. Like it there's, there's times that I say like, yeah, if it matters, it matters. Right. And also like, and I'll be, I'm very, um, and I say this more ton in cheek and more just trying to know how I would be without Jesus. Like I'm a pretty cynical person a lot of the times about stuff and I'm trying not to be in an active way anymore. Um, but dude, there is times I have to be really straight up with myself and just like tell myself like, yeah, you said it didn't matter today. Like, right. like you said yeah. that didn't matter today. And the reality is like you come back from a camp or a conference where let's say God spoke over your life that you're supposed to be a worship pastor. You're supposed to go and minister to people on the streets that you're being called to go um, launch an amazing nonprofit to do this stuff and all these things. That's awesome. Does it matter when you get home and you have to go and you know, change things. There's a number of people that I know who have gone and they've changed their schooling. They've changed their degrees. They've changed all this stuff. And I'm look, I look at that and I'm like, man, you really put your nose to the grindstone and you said this matters. So I'm going to step into this. Right. And like in our lives, do you like me, me and my dad were from this other day, like in our lives and especially within like Western cultural context, like we, we have it so easy in terms of life. And that's not to say that people have had obviously terrible experiences and have had awful things happen, but like we are most concerned about the comfort of our life and that sort of a thing. And you look at people who have to say, my life is to literally die for Jesus. And like they live with that in mind. And we look at our lives and we end up saying, man, God, can you just like bless me and do all these things for me? Like, ah, oh, this is, have you seen the new Knives Out? No. Ah, oh, man. No, this is too good of an example. Skip 30 seconds. If this isn't even a spoiler, but in case you're really concerned about stuff, <laughs> there's a point in the movie. It's pretty early on where one of the characters is talking about this guy who's like a billionaire character and the fact that all of his friends are just like wanting to have all the benefit from him. And like, they're just like, they, they just want the benefit. They just want the benefit. Can we just be honest? Like oftentimes we look at God as if he's this vindictive God who will cut us off. And we're just like, no, just keep giving me more, giving me more, not doing actual life with him and that sort of thing. Again, it's kind of a skewed analogy, but I just kind of think of the fact that we view God oftentimes through that lens of just bless me, just bless me, just bless me. When the reality is, is we're looking and we're saying, God, I will choose to be your servant. I'm enslaved to you. I'm following you. You see me as a son, but I realize you're my master, God. Like I will go after you. And like, 
dude, even to, even to this point of it. And again, there's people I know right now who would say, okay, that's not real life. Dude, real life sucks. Like if we're just being honest, there's parts of life. I love a lot of things in life. I, I enjoy playing video games. I enjoy getting to work on my house. I enjoy getting us to sit down and do this podcast together. I enjoy all these things, but like, what if God did look at all of us and he said, Hey, Every single day as a follower of Jesus, you should be gathered together and worship in the word with a group of people. There are so many people who would look and they would say, he didn't really say that. Right. He kind of did. He kind of did. Yeah. And the reality is we seek, man, I'm on a soapbox right now. So I apologize if you're listening you're just like, what the heck? I apologize to you, Parker, right now. If you're like, this guy's on a soapbox. But the thing is, there's so many churches now that their model is just like, what's the one day a week thing we can do to service people well because their schedules are really good. And man, I'll just, I will say, I love sports. I go to sports for our students all the time. I enjoy it a lot. Like I love it. I love watching. I mean, get to watch uh, your brother play basketball. Other people play basketball. People play football, soccer, track, all these things. I love sports. I'm not saying sports are bad, but man, sports scheduling should not dictate if the church thinks there's something of value to encounter God. And there are so many times that it's like, Hey, well, like, well, we shouldn't do this because of this, this, and this. And it's like, I get that we need to serve people well, but as like a, as a Christian culture, are we really going to look and say, no, we should never do things that would push us into God's presence on a regular basis because of our schedule that the world has said we have to follow. Maybe, maybe there's things that have to matter more than that. And again, like speaking to a ton of awesome students and families, we have a ton of families and students who they have their priorities so good on it. And they make sure that God's first. So I'm not saying that that makes it where it's always the case that it's sacrificed. But there are people where it's like, man, if God told you to give that up, are you willing to give it up? Are you willing to give up your schedule and your time to say, hey, guess what? This does matter. And guess what? If that happened, we probably don't need to pay for things like camps anymore. We probably don't need to pay for things like conferences anymore. Why? Because we're just in God's presence being changed and transformed. That was a soapbox moment. Do you have a follow-up thought or a thought that you wanted to share before I went on that tangent? No, I think I think you're right. I mean, I think a lot I could rant on this a long time, but like this again ties into this idea of what I like to call consumerist Christianity in a lot of ways. Like um you know, the idea that like it, it's I think it's it's very American. It's very Western. Yeah. Like, like that, you know, and I too am somebody that, you know, can be cynical at times. So take what I say with a grain of salt and all that. And I take what I say for myself with a grain of salt, you know, a lot of times, but just like, you know, honestly, like I see some things like, for example, I think we've, I think I've mentioned this before, but like decorating for or, or like the 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 level of importance that like some churches like this is just an example that some churches like place on how things look oh yeah yeah like production sure yeah or even like their lobby or how nice of an espresso machine they have for their espresso bar or which I would love a really nice espresso machine Lamarzoka if you want to hook us up uh but like um 
you know, but like, like sometimes I look at it and, and like, I get it that it's great because we're, um, you know, it makes people feel welcome. Totally. It's a clean space that like people like aren't just like disgusted by, obviously like that's all great. But like, sometimes I'll look at it and it's like, I, I just wonder how much tithe money is going towards this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like just realistically, like how much of this, like, like how many meals could be supplied by this? You know what I mean? If we just didn't do this or like, and I understand that like churches, they have like, they obviously have budgets and that like, I, and like, and I'm saying this, like our church is great about this stuff. Like how the number of compassion ministries we have is like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, and I love that about our church and it's one of the reasons that I continue to go there. Um, but like, so the, the this attitude and this all ties back into like, even like how we pray, like what you said with like, you know, like I feel convicted a lot of times and like sometimes to a fault of where it like backfires on me of that. Like sometimes I find myself not praying as much because I feel like I'm asking for things and mm. I don't really feel like I've been a good friend to God. So why on earth should I ask something of, of, of a friend when I have a, I've been a crappy friend. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like if we were to like realistically, like, like yet, like, like what you said, like there is that level of fear, holy fear and like, God, you're my master. There's that. But there is also the, like that we're walking in step with God and he wants to walk beside us too. Yeah. Um, both and, um, and to me, like sometimes I like just being real. Like sometimes I'm like, yeah, I just being honest with myself. I haven't prayed a whole lot because I feel like I'm asking for things. And you know, if I'm being real with myself, I don't feel like I'm being a good friend to God. So yeah. my prayer, if I pray, it's like, God, I want to do better. Help me to like follow you better. Yeah. And, you know, like some people would say, like, that shouldn't necessarily, and you're probably right. It doesn't necessarily mean I shouldn't pray for things and ask for things. But all this ties into that that conviction of, like, you know, it's not all about me. Yeah. It's it's about, like, it's the sanctification process. It's that we're dying unto ourselves. And if, like, if I'm only praying because, like, I want something... Or if I'm trying to chase this, like going back to the camp high stuff, like if I'm, if I'm just trying to chase this camp high and this Holy spirit experience, just cause I, I want to feel that that's not what Christianity is about. Yeah. Like even like, sorry, I'm ranting now, but like there's like, I mean, we've all seen these types of people. I was at the Puyallup fear, uh, fear Puyallup fair one year here in Washington, it's, it's our state fair or right. Yeah. Is this state fair? Yeah. Um, and, uh, there was this like one booth. I forgot if I mentioned this, but, um, on the podcast before, but there's just this one booth. That's like all about like, I forget how it had this giant sign and it was, um, obviously like evangelical in nature, but it was, took very much the approach of like, if you don't accept Christ, you're going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, obviously we all probably have our feelings about that method of sharing the gospel, but, and to be fair, they probably have more guts than I do. But so to be fair all around, but 
one thing about that, like, is that like, that's a very heaven centric view of Christianity, that the point of Christianity is to, so that you can end up in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's not the point of Christianity. Yeah, the that's point a good of, deal. Pay yeah, the price here, yeah. you get the reward later. Right. Now. And like that, even like, like I have no problem with John three sixteen. John three sixteen is great, <laughs> right? But like sometimes it's used with the mentality of like uh, this is all it's about. Yeah, that it's it's so that we can go to heaven. No, it's so that we can spend eternity worshiping God and walking in step with God. It's not about so that we can go into this big big house with lots of lots of room and a big big table with lots of food. It's a good song. It's though. a great song. <laughs> big big yard where we can play football like and who knows maybe there'll be some parts of it that are like that but that's not the point yeah the point is that like is to return back to what god intended in eden that like we're obviously we're enjoying creation and like that god's like this awesome creative person and enjoy the things of life yeah that he created but the point is is that it's all pointing back to God and that we're all like walking in step and worshiping and getting to know him better each and every day. And as sinful people, the reality of us getting closer to that is that we die unto ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how to close off that rant, but no, I think it's good, man. I think, I think there's a reality and this is kind of, I think what we're both kind of honing in on that these camps and conference moments can be so, so, so valuable. Yeah, totally. But we don't always recognize the fact that that value can be realized every day. Yeah. In the reality of like, Hey, maybe you're in a church service that feels boring, but do you realize that you're serving a God who is awesome? Like when you're at a summer camp for five days, not every single service probably is knocked out of the park. Right. But you had that moment that you kept showing up saying, when is God going to speak? When am I going to see this happen? So like, what if, and I'll say this, I'm very guilty of this where like, I don't always show up to a weekend service just being like, man, God, how are you going to rock my world today? Right. We all probably are. But looking and just saying, God, what do you want to do? How are you going to do it? And Man, realizing that he actually could, like that actually could happen. And honestly, even looking and just saying like, God, what does it look like for me to have my life truly be shifted and changed by you for the betterment of your kingdom and what you want to do, what you want to establish here on earth? Like how can I play a very small role in that, right? And realizing that we do play a role in that. Like, you know, for the position that I'm in and the position that you're in within worship and as a youth leader and different things like that as a father. Um, so many things like for myself as a youth pastor, I look at it and I just realize like I carry, I do carry an amount of weight in the fact that I can have positive impact. And I also very much so for the kingdom of God can have very negative impact very quickly. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's walking in that tension of like, God, I want to be near to you because I want to be beneficial. I want to help build your kingdom. I want to help build others faith up. I want to help their lives be changed and shifted and God. So I can see that happen. May you change and shift my life more and more and more. And in the same way for yourself with, um, again, the areas that you get to serve within the part of the body that you're within, um, in serving within, sorry, I'm rambling, but looking and saying for every single one of us, that doesn't just happen when we take 
you know, a vacation and come back refreshed and rejuvenated. That doesn't just happen when we go off to the camp, go to the conference, have the person's message we listened to that was really, really good or anything like that. That happens just from saying, God, I want to be in your presence and I will pursue every means to be in your presence. So that might look like going to a conference. That definitely looks like going to church. That definitely looks like having a personal time of prayer, Bible reading, things like that. And again, it's not... It's not complicated. Me and um, me and Matthias, I think, were joking about this the other day. For sure, me and Jacob were uh, talking about winter camp. Like camps, just honestly, feel pretty easy right now. Like we just like know how to plan them out um, in terms of like the practical logistics and that sort of a thing. Um, I will say this a thousand percent, and this is something I love about them right now: is that part feels super easy, and then it's just like God, we just need to show up, and this will be a great time. But like that part is the most important part because the camp could suck. But if God shows up at the services, it'll be great. And it's not because like, it's not because we're doing a bunch of production. It's not because we're doing a ton of stage stuff or all those things. It's just God, we need you to show up, encounter people's lives. And like, that's where I look at for like Wednesday nights for true life, you know, in our um, high school service, particularly we're having a lot of time for prayer in the altars, things like that. And it's just looking and just saying, God, every week we just want to create the space because we expect that you could do something. And like the conversations and the time of prayer that have come out of those moments have been so powerful and awesome to see, but you have to create that regularity and you have to actually look and say, Haha, that it just matters and that sort of a thing. And I think for a lot of people, they probably most of the time just say it can matter like two weeks a year, but it can't matter every day. And that's not to be condemning to anybody, um, and it's not to be condemning to you or myself or anything like that, but hopefully it's convicting, right? Hopefully it is convicting to where we look and we say, man, God, how can I pursue you more? Um, John Lindell, I got to sit it on a thing with him and he was talking about a pastor at a church called James river. And, uh, he was saying that for him, he spends a lot of time praying about the Lord's business. And he knows that when he prays about the Lord's business, he'll take care of his business. And like, I just think that that's a really cool place to be in, in a nearness to the Lord where you're just like, God, I, you know, me and Sierra, we have stuff we ask God for all the time, but looking and saying, God, I know though that as I'm about the things you've asked me to do, you will be faithful to me as I'm faithful to you. And you'll be faithful to me even when I'm not faithful to you. And that's really crazy. Right. Yeah. Totally. I totally had something to say and I feel like I'm spacing. Um, Oh, dude, what was it? Shoot. Camp, conference, regularity. Oh, yeah, that's right. I wanted to ask you, and and if you don't have anything, then that, then that's fine. I and I know, and there was kind of at the beginning, and uh, beginning of the podcast where yeah. we we're kind of talking about stuff that's uh, you know defining moments and you know cool moments at camp slash conferences, and you were mostly conferences, at least as a student. Yeah. Um, for me, there are for sure defining moments and stuff that has stuck with me to this day. You know what I mean? And I'm, I don't know what it is about those things that makes those things stick, but they do. And I'm wondering like going back to like, the initial question sort of like of the things that you felt like stuck out to you at conferences, can you think of, or and you, if you don't know, then that's fine and yeah. we can wrap it up here. But like, 
Can you think of a reason why those things stick with you? What yeah. makes those things stick out and actually end up being sustainable and don't fade out necessarily? Yeah, you know, for for me, all of the things that stick out the most honestly are um, just like in terms of like calling. And like there's been a lot of things that have been actions that I felt like have been like, you know, kind of like how you're talking about the praying for 10 people in that part for your story. Like there's been definitely times where I felt like the Lord has solidified things through moments of action where it's been me stepping out within my faith. But my most impactful moments from camps and conferences have been confirmation of calling on my life of things that God has for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for myself, when I first felt called to ministry was when I was six and uh, I've probably already shared it on the podcast before, but um, I was at my great grandma's house and me and my sister were in like this side room watching um, Star Wars and I was looking out a window and I don't know if it was an audible voice. I know at least it was a very deep impression and it was just like, felt like the Lord just said like, Caleb, I want you to be a pastor. Um, I didn't really know what that meant. I knew we had a pastor at our church, this sort of a thing. And uh, I like sat there and just was kind of looking out the window and my great grandma, my mom and dad walked in the room. And my great grandma, when I ran up to her for the first time I'd ever been asked, she was like, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, my mom and dad probably thought I was going to say like a construction worker like my dad, or I want to be like a teacher like my dad was, or like different things like that. And I just looked and said, I want to be a pastor. And it was such a solidifying moment because it just was like the first time I ever could declare what I was going to be like, God gave me like this as that first thing. Um, and I ran from that for a long time. Like for a long time, I was like, I'm going to be an architect. I was like, I'm going to draw houses that my dad can build or things like that. And I still love construction stuff. But like when I was 11, um, like I had mentioned that moment with like Ben Dixon, that was then like a re-solidification of like the Lord just being like, no, like I've called you to this. Um, I had one conference where I was up in the front and um, it was like for an altar ministry time and I was being prayed for. And then we were up there just worshiping. And I was getting ready to kind of like go back and this gal just like turned to me um, and just like tapped me on the shoulder and she just said, hey, like this just might be super off base and weird. I just kept like, she's like, I'm just trying to worship and pray and just keep feeling the Lord say that I just need to tell you that he's, I see leadership on your life. And I just in that moment was like, oh, hey, thank you. Like that sort of a thing. But like it was solidifying of something God had spoken to me a long time ago. And him honestly, like not letting me run from it and him making it so definite that it was like, this is what you're stepping into. So for myself, those are the things that have really like reigned true. Um, Like I couldn't tell you many messages I've heard, couldn't tell you many like different things like that, but I could tell you like those moments and I could tell you the moments where I really felt like I was in like God's presence and that sort of thing. I can imagine like worship moments and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So I would say they're moments that are marked by God's presence or marked by him just trying to solidify things within my life. Hmm. So that'd be for myself. Hmm. For me, it's like, it's stuff. So like, I'm trying to figure out how do I sum it up in a single sentence. But like, I think, if I were to try to put it in a sentence, it would be something like messages and moments that made me realize that God acting through me and using me to serve other people in his, in his kingdom does not depend on me. It matters on me depending on God. Yeah. 
and like realizing that like God can use me for something I'm really not naturally good at. Yeah. You know? And like there, the one specific moment that I can think of is I had like, I forget what year it was. I think it was my senior year at summer camp. And I like, I, at the time, um, uh, we had a different youth pastor at the time, obviously. Um, his name was Jared. Um, and, uh, I just felt like I did, I couldn't think of a reason at all. I just felt like I needed it. I felt like God put on my heart to go ask for prayer from him. I didn't have anything that specific. I felt kind of awkward going up and yeah. asking. I just was just like, I, I, Hey man, I just feel like God asked me to have you pray for me. I don't know what for, which if you've ever been a youth leader, that's kind of a weird thing to ask of somebody. So I can only imagine what it was like for him. But anyway, so I just started praying. And one of the things that came out of it was that he was like, Hey man, I really feel like that, you know, that God wants to put, um, give you this, the, the gift of encouragement, the spiritual gift of encouragement. Mm. And I kind of laughed at that. I didn't laugh at him, obviously, but I kind of laughed to myself. I didn't yeah. really take him seriously because I was like, oh, uh, okay, cool. Thanks, man. And like it ended up being this thing that I, I prayed afterwards and it was like, okay. Because on like I've said before, like I, I can be a very cynical person. Mm-hmm. And especially growing up as the, the oldest sibling of four total, I was a terrible older brother. Like, like, in, well, at least by my by my standards like i was not encouraging at all yeah like i was super cynical super critical like in a lot of those ways and so i just didn't see it like i was like nah this can't be like (laughs) and so anyway but then like and then all of a sudden that night and then multiple times since then like god's asked put on my heart to say something to somebody and like it's what they needed to hear and they said it. And like, but the the cool thing about that to me is that there's no way that that came from me. Yeah. And I just think it's cool that God acts in ways that, and uses people that are so amazingly unqualified at what he's asking him to do and makes it starkly obvious that it's him acting through it. So anyway, it doesn't really help us try to pin down a way to, you know, make things last or stick with people longer from camps. But I just thought it'd be interesting to ask. No, I think it's good. I think, uh, I think it's good for people to hear. Yeah. Our stories matter. And sometimes they help spur things yeah, on from people. I was just curious. Well, good anyway, deal. Man. I guess it's been a good conversation. We don't always need to have answers. Nah, bro. Sometimes things just matter. They just matter. Maybe we will, maybe we'll change the title of our podcast. It just matters. It just matters. Hey, it's because we have a conviction about it. Just um, Well, with that being said, everybody, I think we'll wrap it right there. And we just want to say thank you for checking this episode out. We hope it encourages you guys. Uh, if you're going to a camp or a conference soon and that sort of a thing, man, go expectant, but also show up expectant in whatever normal gatherings you guys are in. Believe that God wants to meet you in powerful ways. And uh, again, like I had said earlier, and I'm sure echoing, um, 
a heart that Parker has as well. You know, just have that expectancy that God wants to change things in your life and see that he will do it. It doesn't just have to be at these high moments of camps and conferences and that sort of a thing, although those things are still really, really good. But with that being said, we love and appreciate you guys. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Make sure to leave a rating and review. Recommend it to a friend even maybe. Maybe you have a friend um, who'd be encouraged to hear this talk and that sort of a thing. Maybe they're in a little bit of a, a low spot need to be reminded of the fact that God has more. He can meet them in even if it's just their daily life. And so we just want to say thanks for checking this out. Share it with a friend. We will talk to you guys next time. My name is Caleb. And my name is Parker. See you next week.